Thanks for joining us for the Lisa Dent Show. We love Dr. Dana Varbel, Chief Veterinarian Officer for the North American Veterinary Community. Thank you for joining us. Is dog flu a thing? Do we need to worry about this? Because a lot of people are texting, doctor. Yeah. Hi, Lisa. Happy Friday to you. Um, Yes, dog flu is a thing. Who knew, right? Um, It's actually kind of a new virus. So it's only been around not even 20 years. It's related to other animal influenzas. And we know, I think, you know, the nice thing about, um, we all know a lot more about viruses these days, right? Yes. So we do know that the flu is very much like it's an RNA virus. We all know those that those can jump species and that they can change rapidly. So actually canine influenza, like I said, has been around not quite 20 years. Very, very similar to influenza in people. Basically, it's a cold. Um, the good news is, just like other colds, lots of us get sick with them. Very few dogs die from canine influenza. So that's the good news. But it is something to be a little concerned about. More of a concern when your dog is in social situations. So dog parks to a degree, but you know, boarding, kennels, things like that. So coming into the holidays... It is something you should talk to your vet about getting vaccinated or getting your pet vaccinated for if you need to. Now, the good news is you don't have to get vaccinated. <laughs> yeah, someone it's said that their, their daughter's vet said, bring your dog in for a mm-hmm. flu shot. And, and this person was saying, do dogs need flu shots? And another said that her <laughs> senior Great Danes get the flu vaccine. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I mean, just like people, we know that senior pets, and senior people are a little more susceptible to the flu or the serious consequences of it. So, again, if you have a senior pet, especially if you're thinking about they might need to go to boarding around the holidays, or if you're thinking about a spring vacation, call your vet and see if they need a flu vaccine or flu booster. Another said my 18-year-old Bernese Mountain Dog started 18-month-old. <laughs> that would be a miracle if a burner lived to be 18. That would be awesome. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> my 18-month-old Bernese started sneezing like crazy. Could this be a part of the dog flu or an infection? My vet put him on an antibiotic for now. So is there a test? Or do you just, when, it, when it, somebody brings a dog in to see you, Dr. Varble, uh, mm-hmm. based on the symptoms, can you tell that it's dog flu? Yeah, I mean, not always. So just like us, again, there's kind of a whole complex of diseases that cause that upper respiratory cold-ish, icky, boogery nose symptoms, right? So some of them are viruses like the flu. There are a few other viruses that dogs and cats and we get. And then some of them are bacterial. But a lot of times, just like us, if you've been sick for a while, Something that starts as a viral infection can become a bacterial infection. So every dog is a little bit different. Sometimes when I see them, oh, if it's been going on too long or they're not getting better, we have to consider things like testing or antibiotics if we're not seeing improvement. Most of us get colds and we get better and our dogs are the same. Right. Okay, Marilyn is on the phone. Marilyn, do you have a question for Dr. Dana Varble? Hi, I do. Hi, Lisa. Hi, Doc. I'm checking in regarding uh, my dog who is 13. She's blind. She's on three different medications. And before she was uh, administered those earlier this year, I talked to my vet about putting her to sleep. Um, Mm -hmm. And my vet's reply to that was, 
oh, we would never do that. So um, I'm inclined as I am, you know, getting used to the fact that I will make the move to put her to sleep. You know, so can I just go to another vet to do this? I was astounded with that answer after having five dogs. I was like, oh, my God. And most people I told the story to were amazed, you know. I'm, I, yeah, 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 I'm kind of stunned by that, too, because the dog is 13. And let me get this right. The dog is yeah. blind and is on lots of medications. I mean, I think yeah. is is people we kind of know our animals and we know when the suffering is too great to bear anymore. Yeah, and I mean, I wonder if there's a little misunderstanding there, Marilyn. That's what I would wonder. I wonder if your, do- your veterinarian met just for blindness. Because, oh. to be honest, a lot of dogs go blind, and they do really good with it. Because, again, they use things like smell and touch to navigate their space. So I wonder if they meant that just being blind maybe wasn't um, a, a great reason to consider humane euthanasia. Now, of course, as other diseases get tacked onto this, other medications and quality of life change, you know, it, it certainly might be time to consider other options. Unfortunately, I can't make animals live forever. <laughs> I really wish I could. Yeah. Oh, because mine would be the first one. But you're right, Lisa. We do know our animals best. And so sometimes I encourage people whose dogs whose health is declining to keep um, a little day calendar on your desk. It doesn't have to be a big one. And each day, just mark on there if it was a good day or a bad day. Because sometimes when you become emotional, and it, I am absolutely victim to this, when your animal ages and you become emotional about the end of their life, you really kind of have to have something to look back on to help guide you through that very emotional time. So if you look back at that day calendar and you're like, gosh, uh, you know, a month ago I marked every day this week, that one week is good. And she only had bad, one bad day the next week. Now I'm marking four or five days bad or six days bad and only one day is good. I mean, I think that helps you have a little bit of guidance because that's a really difficult time. But, yeah, give your vet another call. Tell them, you know, what's going on because I think you'll be surprised that, you know, it's very unusual, not to say it's impossible. Some veterinarians just have decided not to take part with humane euthanasias, but I'm going to be honest with you, Marilyn, that's really rare because most of us as veterinarians consider that the last gift we get to give our patients, which is a peaceful and pain-free passing. So give them a call because maybe there was a little misunderstanding there. Thank you so much for that, Dr. Dana Varbel. That's why we love having you on the Lisa Dent Show. (laughs) Uh, So we've talked about the senior animals and the dog flu. Next, we'll talk about why pets are a good idea for seniors, for people Our conversation continues with her next, but first a check on weather and traffic with Mary Vandeveld. Veterinarian Dr. Dana Marble is with us. She is the Chief Veterinarian Officer for the North American Veterinary Community. Um, Do you see a lot of dogs or cats or animals come into your practice after the holidays that might have consumed wrapping papers or ribbon or all that (laughs) other stuff we've got under the tree? Yeah, we do. This is, you know, this is probably... The holidays, all of them, everybody loves chocolate, right? Oh, yes. <laughs> and, you know, I, the funny thing is this time of year, people wrap 
chocolate gifts and forget that, you know, their dog or cat can kind of smell right through wrapping paper. So wrapping paper is great for a surprise for us, but your dog knows exactly what's in that box. So all I will say is if you wrap up those yummy treats, make sure they're tucked away until the actual day of the unwrapping because your dog will find those and unwrap those way ahead of time. Okay, Doc, you are going to think this is as crazy as I did. But yesterday, Arby's <laughs> made the announcement. Arby's, you know, we got the meats. Okay. They made an announcement that they're now selling wrapping paper that smells like meat. I'm like, you can't have something like this in a house if you have pets. That is just crazy. And who wants wrapping yeah. paper that smells like meat? That is, that's interesting. I hadn't heard that, but yeah, I have to believe, you know, and I mean, wrapping paper, most paper starts to break down in stomachs, but we don't want to encourage anyone to eat wrapping paper. And so, yeah, wrapping paper that smells like meat, if you have a dog or cat, I'm going to be honest with you, this seems like a bad idea. Yeah, (laughs) very much so. (laughs) Dr. Dana Varble is with us on the Lisa Dent Show, and I know you wanted to talk about the impact that animals and pets have on the lives of senior citizens. We we decided yesterday we're going to call them elders because there was a story in the news about a, a 70-year-old woman who was robbed at gunpoint in Chicago, and they described her as elderly, and we were like, is 70 elderly? So we decided elder would be the better term. <laughs> it sounds more respectful, right? Like, yes. it, it, I like the way elder sounds. I agree. Yeah, and she had her dog with her, too. So that was yes. really scary. Thank goodness. I mean, I would have done the same thing she did. Give up your bag and yep. please don't hurt me and my dog. That's how I would feel. So I hope that she's recovering from that because how traumatizing is that? But it is good to see her with a dog. It's good to see anyone who's, especially those who have passed retirement age, maybe aren't in the workforce, um, really embracing a life with pets because it certainly helps them in a lot of ways. There's a number of studies out that show, uh, again, those of past retirement age who have pets remain more active, have a better um BMI, because again, they're more active, they're moving around more, report less pain from osteoarthritis, again, just from activity, also tend to be calmer. There are a lot of, there's some conflicting evidence, but there's a lot of good reports that show things like blood pressure and heart and cardiac conditions are better in people who have pets. So again, especially if you're no longer in the workforce and have a lot of free time. Pets are a great way to stay active, stay healthy. And actually, there's been a lot of new evidence that shows that they keep our minds engaged, uh, keep us problem solving, keep us from being lonely, and lead to better mental health as well. So I love it when anyone who, again, you have a lot of free time on your hands, let's fill it with another animal that could really be beneficial to both of you. Dr. Dana Varble is with us, and you you will not believe what my house looks like on Christmas because I encourage everyone to bring their dogs simply because if they don't, they have to leave early. So I think at this point, yes. we're up to eight dogs, three cats, and a potbelly pig. <laughs> sounds great to me. I'm not sure everyone was on that, but it sounds like a the perfect place for Christmas for me. Uh, it's always fun until somebody decides they want to get all the, we got to get them all together and get a picture. No, <laughs> oh, that never goodness. ends well. <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, I, I, I will admit, I get some great Christmas cards this time of year from clients and friends who try to pose their group of household animals in some nice way for the holiday Christmas card. And usually what happens is they end up settling on the best of a series of best photographs where at least one of the dogs is looking sideways and the cat's trying to sleek out of the picture and someone's like turned their back on the camera completely. So good luck to all of you trying to do that this weekend. <laughs> and what, what are people bringing dogs into your vet office and other vet offices right now? What, what, what are you seeing? Is it mostly the dog flu? Well, actually, you know, the nice thing is, is I, I haven't seen a ton of dog flu. You know, this time of year, we see a couple of things. With the change in weather and people spending more time at home, a lot of times we do see dogs for more geriatric care this time of year. Um, and it, it can lead, unfortunately, to what our first caller mentioned. It, it can lead to that discussion of quality of life and is it time for humane euthanasia. And veterinarians all over the world deal with those conversations this time of year. And some of it is that colder weather can make dogs or cats, for that matter, with bad joints, a little extra sore, have a little hard time getting around. And then we see the stress of the holidays get to them, too. People are home more often. Maybe there's guests. Maybe like your house, there's new dogs or new pets or family pets that aren't there. So we can see some stress-related stomach and intestinal issues as well this time of year. So there's a lot going on for your pets this time of year. We always talk about how stressful the holidays are for people. But to be honest, it can be a really stressful time for pets. So be a little mindful of that. And, and, you know, try and give your pet some extra cuddles or an extra walk or a little extra alone time these next few weeks to make sure they're also coping with the holidays well. Dr. Dana Varble is a chief veterinary officer for the North American Veterinary Community. There was a story today that NPR covered. A couple moved from the U.K. to Nashville. Their dog was put on the wrong plane and ended up in Saudi Arabia. The dog was in a cage for 60 hours. They, you know, they had hoped that some people had, but it's quite the story. The dog has arrived now in Nashville with its family, but it has severe anxiety. It's chewing the walls and the doors and everything. Looks to be like maybe a a black lab mix or something. Mm -hmm. I know you probably don't want to give a absolute do this or do not do this but would you fly your dogs i have actually lisa i will say that it is very nerve-wracking and it takes a lot of preparation so if you are ever in a position where that is your best solution moving a long distance or something similar to that All I will say to our listeners is prepare ahead of time. Make sure you and your dog have all of the recommended things that the airlines need for you to have and really call and work with the airlines ahead of time. And actually, another thing, call your vet ahead of time because if you need special health certificates or need to make sure it's safe for your dog to travel that way, you are not going to want to do that one or two days beforehand. Yes. You might need to start that process. Actually, and to move to another country, it can take months yeah. to have all the necessary paperwork, disease testing. Maybe you need some extra vaccines. Again, special crates, special carriers. I'm glad to hear everything turned out for them. Yes. Um, a lot it, of times it, it the airlines will do some things to help. 
Yeah. Good, good. Well, thank you for joining us. We hope you have a beautiful holiday season, and we always look forward to your advice. Do you have a website where people could go and learn some things about their pets? Yeah, go to exoticpetvet.com. That's our uh, website at Chicago Exotics Animal Hospital. And you can always see what I'm up to at NAVC.com. Thanks so much, Lisa. Happy how a day to you. <laughs> Same to you. <laughs>